Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Welcome to a special Kraken episode. I know that most of you may, or some of you have seen Camden and myself sort of look, you know, side by side in a visual sense on live streams. But again, we've always wanted to do a Kraken together. And I think many of you appreciate both of our uh, alternative perspectives to things. So with that being said, today is Friday, September the 10th, 2021. And we have quite a bit to cover for today. So I will start off with the first uh, talking point in the news. But in addition to that, I just wanted to say very quickly that the reason for there not being a crack in yesterday was because you know folks I, we looked at the news and there was not much to add from the previous day before and we're all about quality over quantity so again we just want to make sure that we provide informative unbiased and of course we tell you when we use our opinion news and yesterday wasn't the case so to begin with uh, facebook's smart glasses can take calls and photos but lacks ar so facebook yesterday unveiled its long-awaited smart glasses in partnership with ray-ban entering a nascent wearables market with a focus on capturing photos rather than augmented reality this is according to bloomberg.com as those of you uh, watching on youtube can see on the screen right now look again to me it's very black and white in the sense that we know the type of surveillance and infiltration that's been occurring in this case we know what's been going on for years now and again members on the patreon will know and again this is sort of how we conflate kraken with the members episodes and what have you members will know looking at uh, today's new members episode of the nanoquel ep uh, episode there the database it's pretty simple i mean look if you don't care about your privacy it's in my opinion again then then have at it but in my humble perspective i'm pretty happy with the glasses that i have right now doesn't mean that i'm not you know trying to uh deny the ability to adapt and change as a collective society but i don't think zuckerberg's the one to do it anyways camden it's for i mean you, google google did this already right it didn't take off the way they thought it would but i don't know maybe people are into it now i don't i'm not gonna be buying it i mean like you said i not that i'm doing anything wrong i don't care about my my like actions in the form of a private thing but like it's just personal privacy like why wouldn't exactly. you want your privacy it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, at this point, it's pretty clear cut. We can, there's, in my opinion, there's no point of expanding or speculating on what it could have, what it could not have. The technology for surveillance infiltration has been there for at least, at least a decade now. So, been you know, there. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, anyways, brother, uh, your point on to you. Yeah, no, Amazon, you had Amazon. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Amazon offers to, uh, the next thing is that Amazon has offered to pay college fees for 750,000 of its U.S. staff. Now, it's according to the BBC, the online shopping giant says all U.S. frontline workers will be eligible as it fights to attract new employees. Okay, end quote. That's according to BBC. For me, it's pretty clear cut. The, again, notice American workers, strictly American workers. Why? They're trying to do this so that they don't have to unionize. Again, we've heard the stories of Amazon messing with uh, traffic lights in Texas uh, to try to make sure that certain, you know, reconvened union meetings or the attempt to assemble some type of union would not occur. Literally messing with traffic lights and things like that. We can get into a whole thing about how, you know, they have all this power. They have a, most of their software, Amazon softwares within Dominion machines. You know, their, their software is used quite often for private back-end servers but you know that's more of a capitalistic perspective so that's more freedom of business and what have you but in this case again they just don't want to unionize that's why they're doing it i mean strategically it's it, it's a smart thing from a business perspective but again if the people want to unionize uh, my opinion is let them unionize especially when you're when you're bringing in that kind of money i mean come on i mean i mean we created unions because that was a better alternative than like storming the gates of the factory owner and like right holding yeah. a fire at him so like he might want us to unionize first right um, exactly. uh, swiftly on to ivermectin um a couple days ago probably a lot of you saw it on uh social media somewhere at least but people were starting to say ivermectin like makes men 85 percent infertile or something like crazy numbers like that so for the record uh according to 
a couple sources. This is just one. That study was like done in 2011 in Nigeria, and it is not ethical, and it it wasn't accurate, and it wasn't peer reviewed. And so, like, okay, thanks for telling us three days later. You know, exactly. Yeah. Like they've already said it. Same thing as the Afghanistan like bounties. Like it, they've already said it. People already got it in their heads. Well, if I could very quickly give an example of how this would work, if we look, for example, at what Roger Ailes, the former uh, um, CEO of Fox News, mm. arguably one of the, the guys that really built it to what it is. Um, there's something he said, a direct quote where he said, he goes, we don't follow the news. We make the news. Now, again, take that as you will. I'm not trying to tell you guys if that's good or bad. However, <laughs> he had a little bit of a, a, a theory on how he would create a news story, whether it was real or fake. He would create so much hype around it that other outlets would be forced to cover it, whether that story was true or not. True or not, so, because, yeah, right. they have to and cover the news. They can't not right. cover the news. And now and this it's is been what I see. News. Right. And this is what I see. And I'm sure what Camden sees is happening in this case. No, it doesn't matter that they retracted it. It's already been said. The damage has been done. The headline has circulated. It's over. Again, a very sophisticated, but very repetitive use of propaganda, if you ask me. But please, Camden. Uh, on to you, <laughs> oh, South on, Africa. Sorry. I just wanted to see if you wanted to comment anymore. But no, no, no. The next thing is that the South Africa, uh, South Africa, excuse me, according to Al Jazeera, is vaccinating their children in a test of China's Sinovac jab, a global study to enroll 2000 participants in South Africa and 12,000 others in Kenya, Philippines, uh, Chile and Malaysia is underway um, End quote. So look, at the end of the day. When we look at this from an intelligence perspective, if you ask me, this does not surprise me because of how much the CCP has taken an interest into Africa, not even relatively in the last couple of years. This has been going on, at least for me personally. I've heard, you know, uh, rumors and whispers about China buying up land as early as 2013, 2014, and that's just on the surface level of quote unquote rumors and things like that. So again, from an intelligence perspective, I can see how these local governments have made an alliance with the CCP, whether directly or covertly or indirectly. Again, it doesn't surprise me that they're now doing these tests to test um, to these studies, excuse me, to test the efficacy and efficiency of the CCP jab. Ultimately, I mean, whether that's official or not, people will say people that go by the book will say, hey, you can't prove that. No, we can't. But we have to consider all the angles so i mean yeah uh, china we'll get more into them later they they they're doing some strangeness right now i mean between buddying buddying with the taliban to get afghanistan into the new silk road yep. these kinds of uh bill gates-esque africa vaccine programs like i don't know they're doing weird stuff right now they're like all over the map right you you throw in uh, the, the the gates foundation in there and, and god knows what else and i'm not trying to make it sound conspiratorial but again actually camden's next point will kind of add to this um yeah absolutely so, well now we'll go right into it so dr fauci probably lots of our viewers know but direct leaks of the nih using millions of dollars to fund through subcontractors wuhan lab infectious institute wuhan labs institute so like they are now moving on to funding ebola viruses okay so we have to talk about these gain of function things because yes it has a nice pretty term but this is mutations this is bio warfare this is i mean these are these are not sars corona bat viruses they're messing with anymore this is them GMOing Ebola of all fucking things. So, like, I don't know. I just I question why this is necessary. When Fauci himself said in like 2005, 2004, these viruses don't really mutate unless we're doing it or um, they're getting let loose on animals. So, like, well, 
Why? Well, if I could just throw in very quickly, I mean, again, the fact that they, uh, th there's been some quotes uh, and some comments made by some of the individuals related to Echo Health, and they've said, and I quote, I don't know what else to say at this point. NIH got the, got the funding done through Echo Health. So essentially, we can argue about whether or not Fauci lied or obfuscated, again, those fancy legal terms and political terms that they use. At the end of the day, just like when Fauci said uh, in front of Congress at one of his testimonies, we didn't do gain of function, but if we did, it was by the book and it was done by people yeah, like, appointed up and down the chain. So, the sorry, I'll, I'll just yeah, I'll just finish my, my point very quickly. The up and down the chain. Okay, you mean people that you appointed personally? And again, the, I think I've said this maybe three or four times uh, on other Krakens. That's like saying I didn't murder that person, but if I did, I would have hit the body really well. So, did you murder them or not? Right. So, I I didn't it, murder that person, but if I did, you won't find it. <laughs> Exactly. Damn straight. Exactly. Um, so on to our next point. Um, the U.S. military trial of 9-11 suspects continues to drag on almost 20 years after the attack. Uh, torture, secrecy, and dysfunction plague military tribunals at Guantanamo Bay with no resolution in sight, end quote. This is according to Al Jazeera. But again, we're just doing this for the sake of visual layouts, you know, using Al Jazeera and Business Insider, RT, New York Times. You can search this up anywhere. Um, okay. It, it's never going to be uncovered in terms of the secrecy and all that. First off, look at who was in charge at the time. Not necessarily Bush, more so Dick Cheney, a prime example of a war hawk. Again, unfortunately, one of the people that would probably be more privy and uh, have more access to the knowledge of these extraterrestrial weapons, capabilities, craft, you name it, right? So these, th this is he's, uh, he's right in there with the guy suppressing the cure for cancer. This is, in my opinion, at least just my opinion, is what uh, is what comes of that with these people so when we look at guantanamo bay and we see what's happening there because of you know all these secrecy things with regards to torture and you know enhanced interrogation part of my english the tribunal is a clusterfuck because the, the nothing's pretty nothing's out in the open it's like when people try to do auditing of the pentagon of the pentagon's budget and their books it it's not going to happen so yeah. i don't know what, what these tribunals persist or continue on for ultimately i mean i i understand the principle of it but what's the point of even the principle of doing this even 20 years later i don't care if it's 200 years later as long as the truth comes out but if it's shrouded in secrecy what's the use so no see i agree that's the thing it's like are tax dollars funding this still i don't know i'm just saying i would like, i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna take a guess uh but i'm gonna go with a yes yeah probably. like uh, this is more of a losing battle than the war on drugs no exactly anyways onto the <laughs> the good point onto the next point uh camden uh, next solar storm would cause the internet apocalypse entire continents would be cut off a new study claims that in the next solar storm to hit earth could trigger what they call an internet apocalypse um so spaceweather.com great uh resource um it seems like they have been leaning into this uh, CME, coronal mass ejection, LOL, there's that word. Um, they haven't landed right yet. I will say that. I've been looking at space weather for a long time. They've not gotten this internet apocalypse thing right once, but there's some other scientists corroborating now. I mean, you know, there's, there's always an EMF around the corner. Exactly. No, I, I fully agree. There's always going to be something that will that could cause this. But as I mentioned in my Let's Get Banned as well, too, I again, I think this is strictly for propagandization, uh, whether it's coming from extraterrestrials or humans is a different story. But again, propagandization for benefit or for negative reinforcement or purposes is hard to say. But ultimately, I mean, it, it's not going to happen, at least uh, from my in my opinion, relative to these aliens having a, a very interesting and vying uh, interest over Earth. I don't think it'll happen. Right. You could very well argue that the asteroids that should have hit us, the solar flares, right. like the people yeah. are intervening. And that's maybe we don't think about that all the time. 
Right. Like we want, we're like, why haven't they saved us from our governments? Well, they're, they're doing other things, I guess, maybe. Exactly. Just like allegedly the Cuban Missile Crisis, they, right. they prevented Kennedy from launching the nukes. But anyways, the next thing is that, again, uh, IV activism. Harvard was planning to divest from fossil fuels. Um, so Harvard University, which has the largest endowment of any university, is divesting from fossil fuels, end quote. Okay, this is interesting. And the reason why I say this is because it shows a public shift within the academia and STEM community that seems to be shifting towards the climate change narrative. That's not for me to say whether that's good or bad. But the reason I bring this up is because, again, you will see in the public episode coming out later on today, excuse me, that... I use this example quite often, but I'm going to use it again. When Joe Rogan and uh, sorry, when uh, Jacques Vallée and Joe Rogan, uh, James Fox went on Joe Rogan, excuse me, they were talking about how certain statements could not be made from them. And, and a couple of times they either said this on purpose or they let it slip. They said uh, James Fox said it once. And then Jacques Vallée said, oh, I don't know if Stanford would be comfortable with us going this far out at this moment. Oh, I don't know if Harvard, the folks at Harvard would be happy with me if I said this. So I'm, I'm going to refrain from saying that now. This tells me that the extraterrestrial agenda could be curating the climate change narrative. Again, whether for better or worse, is hard to say. It could be coming from one species that's telling the elites to do this. But the fact that Harvard is making the headlines with regards to this tells me that those within Majestic 12, those within the secret rogue elements of the government are using climate change as the next big thing. And again, on the surface level, we look at Project Veritas, that leaked video with the, some of the C uh, with one of the CNN uh, production camera crewmen on a date saying many months ago, climate change is going to be the next big thing. So again, it just goes to to show you how the whole system i'm not trying to say it's a conspiracy but the whole system sort of shifts from the top down it's sort of like a wink wink nudge nudge to the other institutions in terms of this is the direction we're going to go anyways did you want to add anything no, you're damn right you succinct summarization right um right i mean the entire fossil fuels thing yeah it's a it's a shift it's what they have been wait, waiting to do um the only question is whether or not like free energy comes with that shift or not, I guess. Right. That's really what we're, we're, we're Ex on. Exactly. Um, so Lebanon's presidency announces government formation. They've not had a government in Lebanon for 13 months, 13 months. Um, well, I, you know, I mean, I wonder if um, Joe Biden called Lebanon's president up today, told him congrats. You know, I wonder if he if he if he's been having conversations with them on behalf of the military industrial complex, because at least in my opinion, and I think Camden will agree with me. Joe Biden, again, regardless, Republican, Democrat, he's the neocon neoliberal representative for the military industrial complex. Again, he even that that phone call with the transcript with the Afghanistan uh, uh, president. Jeez. Yeah, you could see again when he said, uh, and I quote, it, it doesn't matter what's true or not. It's about changing perception End quote. Don't quote me exactly those words, but he said loosely those words. So, that's, yeah, it's pretty close. It's unfortunate because when you look at Lebanon's alleged, you know, financial issues and things like that and them going to the IMF, if I'm not mistaken, it really makes you think if there's some type of attempt from an intelligence angle to infiltrate the, the financial system so that these countries do not realign or, or align themselves with, you know, um, China, Russia. But again, who's to say the CCP or China isn't uh, potentially a proxy, uh, proxy enemy, if you will, but. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we'll get into China. We will keep going into China. It doesn't. They're acting wild. Here you go, Nicaragua. Thank you very much. So the next thing is that the Nicaragua, excuse me, Nicaragua orders a, an arrest of a prominent writer, Sergio Ramirez. So President Daniel Ortega has been accused of cracking down on critics, political opponents ahead of the November elections. Look, 
I'm going to be completely honest and straight up. I do believe at this it personally, and I think Camden would agree that journalists and journalism should not be attacked whatsoever. With that being said, when it comes to Nicaragua, the West has had a very interesting relationship with Nicaragua in the past, specifically Iran-Contra. And you might be saying, okay, Dave what, and Camden, what does that have to do with today's current events? Well, the question becomes, could we argue that the West has, you know, infiltrated Nicaragua in the sense of being used for a, a corrupt sort of mentality that that corruptive culture has now continued on because of Iran Contra, or maybe it didn't have that much of an impact. But the point is, ultimately, should we in Europe or within the West or Africa, whatever country you're in right now, listening or watching uh, this from, should we get involved? That's what it comes down to. That, that's really what it is, that that populist nationalistic perspective versus the globalist sort of uh, perspective. Again, I, I don't know. What I mean, do, what no, do you think? you're right. It's th this is this is a. Prize winning author that used to be vice president. Right. Yeah. I mean, this man is. Nothing other than a political dissident being arrested on charges of incitement of hate and conspiracy. Right. I wish yeah. I would do that to some of our politicians. Five. <laughs> it's a good, very good point. Um, do you want to jump to the next? Yeah, no, I mean, speaking or of fucked politicians, <laughs> sorry. Um, so Trudeau faces pressure in final debate tonight uh, with Aaron O'Toole. And I believe before recording, you told me someone else, but like you're from Canada. Uh, right. Talk to me about this debate impact on snap election, all that kind of stuff. He tried to, again, as I had mentioned last week, he, in terms of strategy, he made the right move. The question is, will the people of Canada respond well to that strategy of a snap election? In theory, in terms of like playing it more conservatively, his team was right, in my opinion, in the sense that there's no better time to call one. However, if I'm not mistaken, during the debate uh, last night uh, or the previous eve, I think it was yesterday, actually, he was asked by Rebel News. Uh, I forgot the exact quotes, but basically asking, you know, what, how do we how can we trust you? How do we know you're not going to do all these different types of seemingly authoritarian actions and things like this? And he basically, again, questions along those lines and what have you. He basically smiled and nodded and, and dodged the question entirely. And people see that people are are, are catching on. They're, they're fed up. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, if people want my personal opinion, I'm seeing a lot more hatred for him. And I don't mean dislike. I mean, hatred um, from all over Canada, really. There's, yeah, there's lots of videos popping up. I mean, maybe it's just yeah. like our feed because it knows that we want to see that, I guess. But no, I've seen lots of it. I mean, please, someone else tell me if you're seeing differently. Yeah, um, yeah. It, the, he doesn't have the legalized weed to run on anymore. So, like, I don't even really know what his. Um, he, he was a fresh face. You know, yeah, he was a fresh face six, seven years ago. He promised none of that now. Right. And that's all done. And even during that process, three, four years ago, his whole thing was, oh, we're going to give the uh, the responsibilities, pass it on to the provinces. So he didn't even do anything to begin with. So, hmm. I mean, anyways, on to Crazy. the. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just I had questions on him. Oh, no, um, uh, the next thing is that Biden and President Xi have spoke on the first uh, spoke on the phone for the first time in seven months. Uh, the leaders of the world's two biggest economies discussed areas where the U.S. and China interests converge and then diverge. Look, in my personal opinion, when you take a look, for example, at uh, Andrew Bustamante, again, he's just one ex-CIA uh, intelligence uh, field officer, case officer, did a Reddit ask me anything. Um, depends how much you want to believe this gentleman. I bring him up because he says to understand China is a totally different thing relative to that in comparison to the West or Europeans. And it's interesting because, again, Steve Bannon, putting politics aside, has said this as well. Whether you like Mr. Bannon or not, it's pretty well known. He has a very well-versed history and knowledgeable um, I guess you could say uh, brain of knowledge when it comes to yeah. China and its culture and history. The understanding China is to understand the way in which they think. For them, it's about legacy, more long-term infrastructure, 
you know, a focus on the next generation. Whereas when we take a look, for example, at Western European culture, again, everyone's different, but you have some people that are more capitalistically oriented, more living for the now. I don't care about my, my, my kids' potential debt. I care more about buying that really nice Mercedes Benz I've been saving up for. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I don't think Camden is either. Um, to be honest with you, uh, no, one of those to, is wrong. One of well, those is wrong. <laughs> it comes down to perspective, ultimately. Um, to just play it down the middle, uh, to be fair, these are the type of things, believe it or not, at a larger scale type of examples, I would envision Biden and President Xi discussing because it's a ultimately, in my opinion, it's a cultural thing because that influences intelligence uh, apparatuses and operations and so much more. So it, no, it does. And they uh, an important quote from it, I believe, was they need they it was someone's quote, obviously wasn't Biden or Xi. Um, but we need to make sure that our countries uh, compete without crossing over into uh, conflict. Right. So like, I mean, that's something they're talking about. I mean, between China doing this like three hour limit on video games because it's spiritual opium and the and the like taking away tests because they used to have the craziest test system for schools for mental health and things. I mean, like China is making interesting like steps forward and steps back all over the place it's strange i mean building into our next story here um george soros one of the world's most hated billionaires is so wrong about china so wrong i i you might think that means he likes them but here it says george soros uh has attacked his recent reforms and branded beijing a threat to u.s national security um if you ask me uh, he's not worried about u.s national security at all he's worried about soros security um it's weird. I mean, I don't think that I have to play the middle of the road on George Soros one bit. Uh, the 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 man is a very maligned character in the world of political influence. Um, it's weird that he would be at odds with China. It just like that's yeah. that that yeah. says something that we don't quite get is going on. Most also, people sorry, would think. Go ahead. Right. I just want to say very quickly, when he makes these comments too, we also have to understand that markets do move, right? And so right. whether that's in one direction or the other, it, it really depends on his comments. So it's hard to say whether or not this is some type of when you get to that point, that level of, of that reputation, that type of money, you making statements in the media doesn't isn't even viewed as insider trading anymore because you transcend national stock markets, international markets. And so at the in my opinion, at this point, when you you look at what he says here who knows if it could be for his own interest if he's representing a certain group of people right, a certain group, right? it's hard to say i mean it's it you would think taking back um in the u.s to the people he's supported like political activist wise you would think that he might be more aligned with the socialist communist regime and so it's right. interesting that they're at odds um right. whether you like you talk about the stock market beijing yeah. did just say they're going to set up a stock market exchange in beijing so like right. maybe that's you know answers for i don't know exactly sure. Um, the next thing is that uh, food shortages could be permanent, warns an industry body. Now, okay, before I continue and read the caption of this, this article, when we see analysts, pundits, industry body, again, we got to be vigilant. We got to question it right off the bat. But it says here, shoppers are unlikely to have a wide range of products to choose from due to supply chain issues, end quote. Look this whole thing of, of supply shortages, who knows if, again, this is coming from the BBC, but also a handful of other outlets too. Who knows if there's some type of kickback that has occurred from these corporations to these outlets to push a story like this. Again, it's a harmless story. It's a, you know, it's just a, a typical pay an analyst a quick, you know, a couple grand to make a few statements and everyone wins in terms of uh, I mean, pushing this, this type photo of narrative. Could be taken at the end of the day, 
just like before they're closing. Right. No, I just haven't gone and restocked yet. I mean, I I don't necessarily not believe that there's a food shortage. I put in an episode the other the other week, the harp video uh, about a military insider that we have on the Patreon talking about planned food shortages. So like this is a very real thing to be concerned about. But these these narrative pushing articles are horrible i i just right. like this literally could be at the end of the day restock time 100 percent, 100 percent. we don't know anything absolutely um on to the next uh point. so the the white house speaking of not knowing anything oh god um they praised the taliban for being business-like and professional um that's a weird sentence the taliban was business-like and professional um but on a real note i mean if we're giving them the respect of a government it only makes I you guess, think what type of deal they made right it, yeah. like literally why so quickly why so why so positively flip perspectives um is quick it was fast and who do they have in charge that's totally chill with joe biden of all people i don't know the most establishment exactly. politics man ever yeah exactly and, and another thing too is that when you look at the planes taking off in correspondence and parallel to some of these articles being released again just basic you know critical thinking skills what's going on here the planes that they were that the taliban were preventing from leaving earlier are now leaving and then the white house calls the taliban business-like and professional you know common sense we don't need to have a conspiracy going on here to see that there's some type of negotiation going on behind the scenes there's no problem with the negotiation behind the scenes except this time around i'm pretty sure taliban had the upper hand without a doubt i mean no there's no problem with negotiating like in the scene right no 100 percent um, just this, like this just stop lying world. to us fuck right Speaking yeah lying to us america <laughs> government so 17 days to pass this 3.5 trillion let me make sure i said that right right with a t trillion dollar plan um on infrastructure uh this is the largest spending increase in like 60 years uh the obamacare took nine months to get through congress uh trump's tax cuts took three months you had the 9-11 commission and the patriarch still take like half of bush's second presidency or first one these things these massive huge shifts in government policy take time to read the fuck through and yeah. they're pushing this through in 17 days before constituents even fucking like senate floor clerks have time to read right. it i mean they're going to pass this bill so that we can see what's in it not ask us if we're okay with what's in it to pass the bill you know exactly exactly and this just goes to show the dysfunction of congress but um yeah i mean but, but it's, it's so deliberately done too the dysfunction is there because you notice that when there's a military bill it, it goes through within maybe an hour tops it gets yeah passed through and that's that's even an hour that's me being conservative that's long usually right. it's 20 minutes both sides sign off no problem boom so clearly there's for the just all you got to do is look at the bills that pass really quickly and you could see who's really running things i mean in my opinion yeah I mean, no right I mean, it helps when they're a couple pages shorter than like 2300 or something. <laughs> right, right. This one's a long one. Uh, but like they, they are working really hard when they want to and then like passing this bill in 17 days, but then forgetting for an entire month to exp extend the uh, foreclosure moratorium. Right. Like it doesn't, the, the, it's pick and choose dysfunction. Absolutely. Part exactly. of how they say they're going to pay for it is 2% tax on money companies used to buy back stocks and tighten rules around taxing partnerships would raise $270 billion for their $3.5 trillion plan. I think they're a couple dollars short. Yeah, I mean, that's, this is a whole other thing too when you look at, for example, the, the capitalistic perspective of this type right. of tax, right? I mean, it, I understand, one to play devil's advocate for a second, the Democrats yeah. are saying 
you know, a one-time tax. It's a one-time tax, right? It's on, or, on buybacks and on partnerships. So if you were to go into another partnership or buy back other stock, right. or buy back more stock, you were getting taxed. Well, okay. So here's, okay. So one end of it is, okay. I understand that the wealthy and the stock buybacks, particularly though, I know that not everyone who has stock buybacks are wealthy, but if we were to just put that aside and focus on the wealthy for a second, which is let's give them the benefit of the doubt, what they're saying they want to do. The problem I have with this though, to play devil's advocate once again, is that from a capitalistic perspective, if you let them do this, a 2% tax here, a, a, a 0.5% tax there, oh, a 1% tax that. there. I'm sorry. Oh, so it's no 20, It's 270 billion over 10 years, not even like the right. one year 3.5 trillion. Right. This is not even a fucking drop in the water. They exactly. made it well, sound like it was doing something, but it's not. Right. And if you and if you have, you know, 2% here, 1% there, and there's no form of some type of, of, of I don't want to say regulation, but some type of check, checks and balances, they're just going to keep saying, well, the rich can afford it, the rich can afford it. And I'm not trying to defend the rich. What I'm trying to defend is that capitalistic entrepreneurial mindset, more so for right. those that are trying to start businesses right now, especially if that affects you and you know you don't have that much money in the in the business bank account for example right and you're trying to right grow, and but, then you get taxed yeah. on it i mean but then here at the bottom they also say cash rich firms like apple jp morgan chase right, right. mobile and pfizer spend billions of dollars each year to buy back then retire shares of their own company right so they can drive up price exactly Oof. yeah so very last thing and then we're wrapping up and bid you all adieu to the public episode um biden said a lot of weird things last night yeah. on his um speech on the delta variant uh i won't get into it specifically i will highlight here things that i disagree with um that math's not right uh there's a couple other times that he says just strange like very easily fact checkable things that are like hard data points of numbers and stuff that are just wrong and you've got to wonder who is typing this man's speeches because you know he's not and you know he has no fucking clue so like who is make, who is letting this man as stupid and as mentally damaged as he is, maybe so, letting and making him seem that much worse? Right. It, it's it, the thing about this, too, is when you look at it, I mean, again, I think I said this a couple of days ago when he was on uh, that CNN town hall and he said to, to um, Don Lemon, if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. First off, straight up lie. Don Lemon then agreed and reinforced that point and said, yes, yes, those exact words. He's like, yeah, yeah. What? Why hasn't CNN's account? Why hasn't uh, the Biden administration's Twitter account, Facebook account? Why hasn't it been? Why? How come it has not been temporarily suspended for two weeks? I mean, again, it's so. And when Biden says, "I don't understand why people don't trust the government," oh come on, are you kidding me? The distrust was there years ago, let alone now, right? So when he and again, like you said, Camden, who's writing these speeches? Because when you look sometimes at some of the things that reporters question Jen Psaki on. Again, they call her Jen Psyopi because of how she just uses, you know, verbal psyops to just dodge questions. What, what, what's going on here? Like the questions are not being answered. How is this any, let's just say for the sake of argument, okay? How is this any better than the Trump administration for as bad as the, the New York Times and the Washington Post said the, the Trump administration was? What's? Yeah, they are not really complaining a lot, are they? No, no. And that's another thing I wanted to point out very quickly, too. When you look at, for example, forget Biden's speech for a second, but the the moral and ethical issues that even ex-Obama advisors said with regards to Hunter Biden's painting paintings and things like that are being investigated because, you know, conflict of interest. This guy's never painted in his life, Hunter Biden. All of a sudden, he picks up a paintbrush and he, wants five, and, he, and he wants half a million a pop. Come on. Like, you know, so... But anyways, I, I just wanted to say, Camden, if you want to add uh, your last. Uh, no, I piece mean, this is this is about it. I'm letting people read through as I scrolled the piece. It's it's right. it's just a shame. And like yeah. didn't vote for him. Or 
really anybody. I guess that doesn't matter anymore to not say. Um, but the I kind of feel bad for him. I'm just just being dead ass. In a certain way, yeah. Like he's he is he. I mean, he has been taken advantage of without knowing it at all. They poke him and wake him up from a nap and tell him to go do something. Yeah. And they're doing it to make him look that much worse so that they can 25th Amendment him. It's just right. so sad. It is. It is. Anyways, folks, uh, we will end it off right here. Thank you so much. Please let us know what you think, uh, both from a visual side and from the audio side, what you think of us two, uh, Camden and myself, doing this maybe once or twice a week so we can you know, sort of change things up. Other than that, folks, thank you so much and expect to catch a very exciting public episode later today. Cheers.